0: Today is April fifteenth, season three, episode nine, Decky Rumblings. How are we? Ooh, Andy Golf Swing. We're doing well today, brother. We
1: got one hell of a guest, Ross Heyman, a professional golf player, graduated with Zach Johnson at Drake, little Aeon sale head of A or head of sales at Aeon, right? Is that right? Absolutely. But killer guest today. I'm stoked for it.
0: Awesome man. What a perfect time to have Ross on too with the conclusion of the Masters this past Sunday. So that was this is just it worked out perfectly, and his story is incredible. It's gonna impact you guys, I guarantee it. Especially our young listeners that are struggling, because he's got one of those stories that embodies struggling but overcoming that um, that difficulty. So young listeners and every marketing intern enjoy the ride. It's a great one. Hey, Deck, I gotta be real with you. You got some of the worst apparel in the game out there. I would love to see you customize some shirts that just say. I have bad style.
1: Mmm, decky bad style. Let's make those shirts. The shock value would be insane. However, you know, turnaround time and quality, it needs to be
0: there. That's a great point. I mean, we could launch this tomorrow with our own goddamn sponsor.
1: Oh, I didn't even think of that. Well, well actually, I did because I wrote this ad, dude. But that's besides the point.
0: And with that being said, be on the lookout for some Decky Bad Style shirts and other custom apparel from the BP. But also, if you're like, man, I need to find someone to make great custom apparel for me, look no further. Hit us up at backpocket at visionarymfg.com. That's B-A-C-K-P-O-C-K-E-T at visionarymfg.com. Today on the Back Pocket Podcast, let's welcome Ross Heyman. How you doing today?
2: Doing awesome. What a treat. Oh, what a treat. Oh, well,
1: you know, uh, we were just talking about the dentist. Dentist is not fun, but uh, this podcast, this room, this studio that we built for the last years is uh, something we're pretty proud of, and we're happy to have you now uh, meeting you for the third time and, you know, going to a couple uh, restaurants here and there, learning your story. So without further ado, we'd like to get your story, get to know you a little bit more for our listeners.
2: Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, obviously, anytime I get a chance to come and spend time with, with great people uh, like the two of you, um, whether it's over dinner or drinks or what we've done in the past, um, you know, it's, it's inspiring for me um, to know that we've got people uh, like the two of you that are actually challenging the status quo, that are being different breaking the mold if you will not afraid of anything um but you're but you're willing to bring people's stories together um and and continue to no matter what our backgrounds are from a speaker standpoint um you know create meaning to that i'll be
1: honest the uh the title of you know head of sales at aon at insurance is like not the sexiest thing (laughs) to be thrown out on instagram agree but like we don't To be honest we don't give a shit like because we know who you are and we know what kind of value you can bring and we know your story and like that speaks volumes outside of just like your title and i think that's
2: what hopefully this is all going to circle back on yeah no i mean to be honest it's funny i don't even know what my title means right I (laughs) i joke about it all the time um but at the end of the day right i think it's it's my responsibility it's my passion um to absolutely wake up every day and make a difference in people's lives right and And we can talk about insurance. We can talk about industry. It doesn't really matter, right? It's about what can we do to make a difference every day? Um, You know, it's funny. One of my previous employers, it was, um, you know, had their passion and their motto was, um, you know, make a difference. That was it, right? It didn't matter that insurance was the backbone of that, right? It's about waking up and, and doing something different. Um, and make an impact in people's lives. And so I've taken that in, in every day that I, I go about. And, and trust me, I make a lot of mistakes just like everybody else does. But at the same time, if I wake up and break down barriers for people to be successful, uh, I'm successful in that. And, and my team hears me say that all the time. Uh, people around me hear me say that all the time. And uh, yeah, my story's unique. There's no doubt about it. But my story's unique because people have come in and out of my life um, that have helped me get to where I'm at. And, and that's what I'm passionate about, right, is, hey, you know, for the first time in my life, I'm in a role that I can give back um, and truly give back, right? Take the time out of my day and and turn the clock off and turn, you know, the meeting time off and, and, you know, and really focus in and, and help people, right? Not in an insurance way, right? Not in a, you know, corporate way, but hey, I want to help you achieve your goals, right? What does that mean to you, right? And you tell me what that is and we'll do it. Let's go, right? So, Anyways, I just I'm, I'm super passionate about that, and you know, whether it's through insurance and, and uh, I get a lot of funny looks, that, you know some people look at me like I got 10 eyeballs. I don't really care, right? Because I wake up every day knowing that I can help somebody, um, and, and we're going to push through to make sure that that happens. So
0: that's fantastic. And I love how we're starting this podcast because that is what we're driving to do every single day through the conversations that we're having. And you didn't wake up knowing that that was going to be your mission, that was going to be your why, to find the ability to help someone else find their passion. I, like to, I would like to tap into, before you started working at Aon, and mm-hmm. your passion, and maybe we've talked off air about golf or something else mm-hmm. along those lines of you attacking that full force. And, I mean, just kind of like the snowball effect that you've kind of in- informed us on of you just continuing to grind, continuing to find that next step and working towards it. But let's go back to... The earliest stages, because our main target audience is those people trying to find their passion right now.
2: Yeah, no, I, I think, you know, for me, right, when you start with the foundation of God's got a plan, right? Um, you know, trust me, again, I, I said it before, I make a lot of mistakes, but God's got a plan here, right? And so, you know, when I was three years old, I picked up a golf club for the first time. Um, my father was inspirational in, in getting me into golf. Um, and, and really, that's been kind of one of the key foundations of my life around you know on the golf course there's respect right there's an honesty there's a trust um, all of the core kind of I'm going to call it moral values if you will of living your day happens at the golf course and so starting at three years old my father um, you know he said hey treat everybody like they're the CEO and and so when you take that approach to life right whether you're three years old whether you're 15 years old whether you're 35 years old you know um, it makes a big impact in, in people's lives because, you know, whether you're talking to somebody at the front desk to the actual CEO, you're trying to help them, right? And, and you want to respect them all the same. And so back to my kind of starting foundation, um, you know, it was around golf and having a passion and being competitive, right? Living every day to beat somebody, to be the best in my, you know, at the time, uh, which was golf, right, which allowed me to go into, um, you know, the athletic world, if you will. And, you know, I was fortunate. I, I was given uh, talents in, in many sports being, you know, most, most importantly, probably being football and golf. And uh, so to kind of go through that whole thing and, and um, you know, have opportunities pop up left and right through football, through golf, and then starting to realize the impact that I had through the people that I was connecting with, whether it was my teammates, whether it was my coaches, um, the trainers, you name it. I continue to connect with people amongst all levels. And go to college, do those things, fail miserably. Actually, I'm a dropout. Really? I didn't know that. A L- little side note, right? Mm-hmm. Dropout in my you first- You went to- uh, Drake University in Drake. right on. Yeah, so to drop out and to go through, um, I'll call it the, the, those 12 months of going from a full-ride golf scholarship in Division One athletics to- um working in a retail store uh schlepping clothes and and uh going to night class right kind of a drastic thing what so, year was that when you decided to? i was 18 years old oh wow freshman in college okay and um you know it was one of those you know I, I i grew up in a very uh fortunate household of i never wanted for anything we weren't uber rich but you know we never wanted for anything and so my dad was like you know hey dude you you you've blown it It's all it's all you now good luck and you know, even though I lived with them for a little while, um, one of my best friends is still one of the best friends to this day. um Was my roommate in college, and he gave me a phone call about nine months in of being away from Drake, and said, "Hey, dude, you got way too much talent. You got to figure it out. You got to come back. We need you. We well, love you. We need you."
1: Sorry to interrupt. What was the reason that you like felt the urge to drop out right away? Because I know for everyone, like that first semester of college is by far one of the hardest times of your life because you're being impacted and being, you have so much thrown on your plate right away as an 18 year old kid. But what was like that driving force to decide finally to leave?
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, fortunately for me, I think it was a good thing that I didn't have a decision. I got kicked out. Okay. Right. And so it was a huge eye opener here. I was being compared to Joe Maurer one of the best athletes in the state of Minnesota. Um, having success as being the number one golfer in the state of Minnesota, having a full ride, uh, you know, football scholarship to North Carolina—all these things—seems awesome. It was great, but to have a dose of reality at the age of 18 years old, best thing that could have ever happened to me, ever. Right? So to realize I'm not invincible, right? I'm a real human being, and we got to work just as hard as anybody else. It was, um, you know, a challenge, no doubt, no doubt about it. Um, but to go back and eat a little bit of humble, humble pie, if you will, and go back to Drake and see my old teammates where they work their ass off every day to show up. And, and, and I thought that I could drink and just play golf every day. And everything think it was going to be good. It's not the, it's not the reality. Right. So, you know, I learned through that. I learned a lot. I learned a ton around just kind of my own personal character. Um, and so. You know, you kind of go through that process and, and get back to Drake, and, and now i got to earn my own stripes again. Um, they didn't care what I've done in the past. But to show up to campus and and be right at the bottom of the total Bowl and have to earn my spot back um, was really motivating. Um, it was humbling. It was, you know, again, had to look in the mirror every day and understand that, hey, I've got, I've, I've got to work hard for this. And so, you know, going through that process was amazing, and I had one of my best friends still to this day that was alongside me, Kane Hansen. And um, yeah, so we kind of go through that. And about two years later, I found myself, uh, I lost 60 pounds. Uh, My roommate at the time um, had to call my father and say, I I think something's wrong with your son. And um, I was fully depressed, full on. Right. So to go through these ups and downs of being at the top and the bottom, top and the bottom, mediocre, whatever, I always put this pressure on myself to be the best. But yet I wanted to live a normal life really hard to do it's really hard to do and um you know i'm someone that i love relationships i love it and for some reason no one's noticing me it was like i don't know if you've seen you know whatever commercials right there's a box of people that you want to hang out with there's like a glass box and you knock you knock on that glass box and you're not a part of it and you want to be a part of it but you see it every day i just didn't fit in i didn't fit in And so to take what I just shared with you when I was 18 years old and drop out and then come back to college. And then when I'm 21 years old, literally sitting there looking at myself like, what am I doing? What am I doing? And so now we're at a crossroads in my life of not bad things, right? These are all part of my story. Back to God's plan. There was a part of all of this where, you know what? You got to get back up. You got to do it again. You got to go connect with the people that trust in you. And you've got to start not focus on yourself anymore and start focusing on things that really matter. And so, again, it was very humbling to go back to Drake. Here I was yet again. I didn't fail out that semester, thank God, but I was close. And uh, to be able to look at my teammates' eyes and say, hey, I let you guys down. And and, and then for t- uh, Coach Scott Bolander, I'll never forget him, um, he looks me in the eyes and said, hey, you're the leader of this team. It's on you. Own it. And I did. And so the last uh, 24 months of college, I was there for five years. It was probably the most meaningful 24 months of my life at that point in time.
1: What was like the one thing that, if you can point to one thing, that really got you out of that depression and that deep, dark valley? Because um, one of our podcast guests talks about the, the valleys and the mountains. Like in order to be successful, you have to go through the valleys to get to the mountains. And you have to go through those tough times to see it. To experience the good times Or even appreciate the good times So what was like that one thing Or maybe a couple things that got you through that valley
2: Yeah I mean number one um, Obviously my faith But but number two would be my family Awesome I mean my mom um, Might get emotional here but my mom She's been through it all She's been through it all and she's a rock She's f- unbelievable Shout out to moms by the way I, I mean absolutely you gotta love them um And there's a side note there that I didn't talk to my mom for probably eighteen months of my life, right so another life story right that I went through and, and learned from, but my mom still to this day, I was talking to her before I came over to her tonight, and just the passion and energy that she has and has in me, second to none for what I've put her through and what probably my family's put her through she's amazing she's she's absolutely the rock um and then obviously. You know, my sisters, I got two older sisters. I got a younger brother, a half brother, um, and, th- and then my father. I mean, my father and I are best of friends. And uh, we've been through a lot of shit. My dad's done a lot of things that he probably regrets, but at the same time, it's our, it's our story, right? When you talk about putting together a podcast and talking about the back pocket, right? What you're doing is creating a story and allowing people to share that story. And so, so I go back to, right, our story, it's all part of the plan, right? And it's awesome, It's awesome to look back and say, you know what, I've gone through this and this and this and this, which has led me to be where I'm at at 35 years old. And at 35 years old, I still have a lot of glaring flaws. You're young, dude. Yeah, I know. You're young. Which is awesome. But I've gone through a lot of stuff and it's not a woe is me. It's just this is what's cool is I can share these types of stories with people that I've gone through at a very young age. Um, So anyways, obviously, you can tell I'm very passionate about that time in my life. Mm -hmm. Leave Drake graduating with honors yep to, to well, tap
0: into that senior year of golf mm-hmm. um you're taking on maybe as a, in addition to your junior year you're in that leadership role your coach asks you you're the leader put the team in that regard and i need you to own that um can you walk me through just from uh, a person that has witnessed people be leaders in sports and um has also been a leader in sports mm-hmm. i was really curious on how you embrace that because that's not again not an easy task to take on at 20 two years old, um, and uh, in a program that has seen success in the past.
2: Yeah, I mean, and, and we're coming out of Zach Johnson winning the Masters, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Which, we we're coming into Masters week, right? Like, mm-hmm. this is amazing. So, yeah, so he's a Drake grad, and and uh, at that point in time, I got to meet Zach and, and whatnot. I could go on and on about that. But to your question, um, it was two things for me. It was understanding that you don't have to be a leader by talking. You be a leader by never being late. You be a leader by working your ass off in the weight room. You be a leader in the classroom. Right? You literally be a leader in life. And and that's all by example. Um now I'm I'm a vocal person. I like to talk. I love to share my opinions. I'm not quiet about things. Sometimes it gets me in trouble, but whatever, right? Um so so those two years, I mean, I literally tried to lead by example as much as I could because, again, I made, a, I made a lot of mistakes in those first three years. A ton of mistakes. And so it was enough of me. They didn't want to hear it from me anymore. They just wanted to see me do it, right? Yeah. So I won seven out of 14 tournaments, you know, 50% in my last two years. Uh, I set a scoring record. I, no one could beat me in the weight room. I would actually wear them out. You couldn't tell that today. Uh, but at the same time... <laughs> You know, I, I, I was just ultimately competitive, not to just beat them, but to just absolutely set a tone, right? I was never, never, no one beat me to the weight room. No one beat me to the driving range. No one beat me to the golf course. I was the first one there every time, every time. And that came from a lot of conversations with my father to say, dad, I need your help. How can I, how can I lead without saying anything? Cause they don't trust me right now, right? Trust accountability. These are the things that come up in my daily life today in the work world. Um, but these are things that I learned at that age that I can be a leader. I can stand out. I can do these types of things if you just do the basics. Right. So anyways, that's, that's really what I did. And then I started to, um, you know, I'm, I'm not a huge reader at all, but I started to watch, right. What are the best athletes? What are the best leaders? Right. Steve jobs at the time was taking app with a whole, you know, whole new level and mm-hmm. heights. And so I would constantly follow some of that type of stuff. And, uh, it was really meaningful. And then also just watching the leaders around me, right? whether it was my own family, my father, uh, whether it was teammates, whether it was uh, just other buddies of mine that were excelling at other universities. Just kind of listening to them, picking their brain constantly, always being inquisitive, always being inquisitive.
0: Awesome. And I mean, the reason why I asked that is because for for starters, Declan and I loved talking to um, athletes uh, that played collegiately because when we can connect with that and all like we play collegially ourselves sick brag <laughs> I know you That's a brag dude yeah. and then another reason is it's St. Not, Thomas football it, baby roll toms yeah roll toms right. um it's not that hard um the way you can become a good leader is at the end of the day it's it's not that pedestal that everyone puts them on it's that basics it's it's that roots that really drive a team through leadership and um like you just mentioning those simple things is what we've been able to see through coach caruso be a leader and then like charlie Dowdle and other players senior leaders when we were freshmen the same things that you're describing are those type of attributes that they embody and i just love hearing continuing to
2: hear it to just reinforce that message yeah i mean to kind of pile onto that right i mean you earn leadership you you cannot be given that title Um, it's, I, I think it's just, it's an uphill battle all day long. You've got to earn those stripes every day and you earn those stripes by doing not talking about it.
0: Absolutely. All day long.
2: I also like to say,
1: you know, that lean by example kind of inhibits, I don't know if that's the right word, but exudes relatability because all of your teammates have to show up to the golf course. And also show up to the weight room and do all the things that you need to do, all those basic requirements to be on the team. Mm -hmm. And if you're doing them, you know, better than everyone else or doing them first or doing it with intention, that's going to speak volumes because they all have to do those same things. And all they have to do is also show up to the weight room with intention, try and be the first one there, you know, come in with a positive attitude. Mm -hmm. A lot of the things that you're doing as a leader, Um, are great but they're also very small things Mm. they're small and they add up over time and then that's what again builds that trust builds that accountability Mm -hmm. Uh, just had the realization where you're from is such a massive part of your story it's where your journey begins your origin your root it's why skyline specs brings that out of us because they help you tell part of that story and you look sweet while doing it Skyline Specs comes in five different styles. Each pair features one of seven Skylines etched into their wooden temples. But, dude, that's not enough. They're fully customizable, too, for your brand or whatever you want. So go check them out at SkylineSpecs.com. That's S-K-Y-L-I-N-E-S-P-E-C-S dot com. Start at your roots and tell your story with Skyline Specs. It's kind of dope. But yeah, I think uh, going from there. So you you finished graduation. Um, Where did you go after that?
2: Well, I played professional golf for four years. Ooh, shout out another <laughs> sick brag on this podcast, <laughs> the VGA. Yeah, but let me just remind you: at the end of those four years, I couldn't put food on the table. So, uh, hey, but dude, dude, I I lived the dream. There right? you go. Um, it was one of those things, you know. Right when I kind of came back in those last two years of Drake, I started to recognize like I had a talent. There were there was something. Um, that I was super passionate about, and you know I had people that in based in Minneapolis, a group of guys that believed in me. I started my own business, right? Got investors, and, and uh, literally hit the road with my Chevy Malibu. It was awesome, and, uh, and the
1: business being like a profession, being your own brand type thing. Yeah, absolutely, that's, right. That's awesome. Um, you know,
2: so it, it, it's funny, it, you know the the golf world at that point in time. We're talking literally right before the economic bust, right of two thousand eight, two thousand nine. And so it's 2007, and I graduate and, and, you know, I've got this investor money and the golf world's great and they're paying good checks to, I'm going to call them mini tour type, you know, barbecue tour, or whatever you want to call them, not the PJ tour. Um, there's still good money in it. And so, you know, coming back to relationships and trust and all that kind of things, one of the, my college or excuse me, high school football coaches gave me his house in Phoenix to live in. And, you know, so here I am in the golf mecca of the U.S., if you will, in the wintertime. And uh, went out there and just grinded out and and lived it, breathed it, loved it. I mean, I have some of my best stories in life were from those four years. Some of the most challenging things that I've ever done. To think that golf, right? We think about golf as this exclusive, right? Um, Prestigious. Yeah, exactly. There's all the terms that go with golf. Um, But then when you start waking up every day and having to do it as a job, it absolutely changes your perspective around golf. And, you know, literally, I mean, I tried to take it as a real job, 12 hours a day, like eight hours wasn't going to be good enough. I wasn't going to be great at eight hours. So we had to do 12 and going, putting, working out, chipping, putting again, working out, going and playing, playing gambling games, like you name it sounds awesome. And it was awesome, but it's really hard, right? Because then you go six weeks in a row, you make no cuts, you've paid $1,200 a week and you have $0 to your name. That is very discouraging, but yet I know that I'm in the top 1% of all golfers in the world, right? At that level, mm-hmm. right? So anyways, I had the fortune of traveling with Webb Simpson for a short period of time. The guys won the U.S. Open. I mean, some some of the best athletes, and I'm sitting here looking at a Gary Woodland or a Webb Simpson or people that I played at competitively against, and I'm like, you know what? I beat you, but I'm not beating you over the long haul. Like, what's the difference? And it comes back to that mental fortitude, if you will. And over that four-year period of time, I realized that I didn't have that. And that's okay. It's okay. I struggled with it at a time. But I look back and I'm like, you know what? I had something so unique and so many talents. It's like before I ruin the love of the game, <laughs> before I never pick up a golf club and before, you know, the commercials you see people throwing golf clubs in the lake, before I do that, I want to get out so that I can take golf and elevate my next step, whatever that is, with golf because people love golf. Right. I mean, it's all people talk about it all the time. And I was fortunate. I'm part of the Tiger Woods era. Right. So Tiger Woods absolutely changed the economy, not just golf, but the economy around sports. And, and so anyways, I was like, you know what? I, I can leverage some of this stuff. And so, yeah, four years of traveling over the place. I got stories like, like you cannot believe, um, you know, what's your favorite story? Do you have one? Oh, it's a boy. podcast. Favorite story. It's not a great story, but it ties to Minneapolis, which is a really interesting one. So, so we're in Yankton, South Dakota, glamorous place of the United States, mm. by the way. Say yep. that again. I want to yeah, like this Yankton, place Yankton,
1: South Dakota. It sounds like a place you dream of.
2: Yeah. I mean, you don't, but I mean, it's awesome. And so the, anyways, they had an awesome, I'm going to call it, you know, that mini tour place. But it was a good paycheck, right? 30 grand for the weekend. You know, you can make some good, li- you know, good little cheese, if you will, for the weekend. That's what and uh, so we went on a Monday to qualify. Right. I mean, these guys are playing for millions on the PJ Tour and we're trying to qualify for 30 grand. Just let me pers- put it in perspective. Yeah. But my buddy and I, Josh um, we show up to the Monday qualifier. We, you know, we both have pretty good backgrounds and we miss the cut to get into the, the barbecue tour, event. by the way. Dang. So it's a Monday, right? It's, we shoot 71, qualifier 70. We're like, okay. So we're sitting in the Yankton Golf Club parking lot. And we now have Saturday and Sunday to figure out what the heck are we going to do with our lives? We're not going to be sitting in Yankton, South Dakota. I can't make any money here. So we hop in the car. He starts calling some buddies of his. He goes, hey, there's a tournament, Garden City, Kansas. Another place you should look up, by the way. Mm. And it's... We're thinking that this place is close. The entry fee's cheap. It's $300, whatever. We pull it up at the time, Google Maps, and it's 12 hours away. And the tournament starts, so we're talking like 48 hours from now. Okay? We hop in the car. We drive the 12 hours. About six hours in, we realize that there's 36 holes. Now, we only have one day to practice. So we're going to this place that we've never been to in our lives. And there's 36 holes at this place, so we're not going to get them all in. So we're not going to even see the other course. And then, oh, by the way, we're pulling into Garden City, Kansas. Sirens are going off. There's tornadoes in Garden City, Kansas. And my sister texts me that the bridge collapses in Minneapolis on 35. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So I'm going through this whole thing. My other sister drives across the bridge every day for work at about 6 o'clock at night. The bridge collapses. I don't know the exact time, but call it, give or take, an hour or so. Can't get older, than my sister. Stuck in tornadoes in Garden City, Kansas. Lit, staying in a red roof wind with eight guys that missed the cut. And we're like, really? If you have ever want to see eight guys sit and cry and hug each other out, eight guys from Minnesota when the bridge collapses and they're sitting in Garden City, Kansas trying to make money. <laughs> on a golf tournament. Oh, my goodness. Whoa. <laughs> so that's a real, that is absolutely 100% true story. And, uh, yeah, it took us about four hours so we could get a hold of our family. My sister ended up not going across the bridge at night. She went to a book club instead of going to to, to medical center as a nurse. And, Shout out books. Yeah. I mean, read, right? <laughs> read more. Yeah, yeah read that, more. That's the commercial for reading. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But, yeah, crazy sorry. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so we – How'd you Yeah, I got to ask. Yeah, so we missed the cut. Oh. <laughs> To make it even better, right? Yeah. But it's one of those stories that I tell a lot of I, – I, I share all the time because, honestly, Josh and I, um, we built a bond during those two days that were second to none. We ended up hopping the car and going up to Minot, North Dakota from – yeah, I mean, it's a beautiful thing. And then in the ride from um, Garden City, Kansas to, to Minot, we actually hit a hawk and shattered our windshield in the middle of freaking nowhere. I mean, I could go on and on and on. What? but yeah this is the life of a tour pro so anyways just taking think, showers things, and- things you don't think of no things you don't think of right mm-hmm. because when you think of the bj tour you think about i mean these guys are flying private right oh yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah i mean we're absolutely just ecstatic to get in a car let alone a plane you guys so, like we think of
0: it. uh just this past weekend uh, a guy asking kevin kisner so i realize that you're not in it for the money anymore like does this still how does this win feel and he looks at him and goes i'm in it for the money (laughs) (laughs) and it's oh yeah that's what you think yeah it's not always that
2: (laughs) no you're absolutely right Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean those are incredible time right and you talk about building character of your own self that's it it does a lot right Mm -hmm. and i and i owe a ton of any of my success to that time to the experience that i had with those people um to just continue to learn and challenge yourself through that was incredible so Dude, that's so
1: sick. I love that. <laughs> I our tour pros just kind of like, what? What's your golf game like after twelve hours in a car? You know, you guys stretch your hips. all Yeah, the it's day. not good. It's not, not good. good.
2: No, we can we can still we can still do our own, hold our own, if you will. Yeah, hold mm-hmm. on. You guys got high energy, right? I mean, it's all a bunch of young scrappy. Well, at that legs. time, yeah. I mean, hell, I could barely get out of a car nowadays, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, at that time, right? I mean, you're like, you know, rubber. Mm-hmm. So.
1: so what was like the.
0: What was the next step after that? Is that yeah. the question? You're gonna I was going to say four okay. years on the tour. And then yeah. you
2: realize that
0: uh, the mental fortitude, you want to transition that into business. And what was that next step?
2: Yeah. I mean, the reality was I had no dollars, right? I was broke. And, um, you know, I was fortunate. Uh, I, I knew I was going to get insurance at some point. I mean, and maybe that was my curse, right? Getting into professional golf. Like I always had this thing in my back pocket, if you will, mm. uh, when it comes mm. to insurance, that's not my answer. But, <laughs> um, it's, it's understanding that, you know, my father had been in the insurance industry. I had an insurance degree from Drake and, uh, I, I knew I was pretty, pretty good at relationships and just talking to people and, and whatnot. And so, yeah, I mean, I basically called my dad and said, Hey, it's time to hang it up and, uh, I'm ready to get into the real world as far as, you know, corporate job. And, and, uh, I want to be in sales. I love talking to people. I live, love getting to learn things and understanding people's stories. And so, yeah, he's like, here's the deal. I'm not hiring you. Um, but I'll introduce you to a couple, couple companies in our in our industry. Nice. So I landed in Dallas, and uh, with a company called Cigna, and it was the best thing that could have ever happened to me. I mean, so here's one of the most you know, a global medical uh, benefit carrier, and they had a huge regional office in Dallas. So I had a ton of people around me to help me, you know, to catch me when I failed, and I had great mentors there uh i mean the the consistent thing in my in, in my story if you will is that i've i've had people around me at all uh, in all stages of life and uh to show up at Cigna dallas not knowing a soul in texas uh to have a gentleman by the name of scott hardner um absolutely take me underneath his wing and say dude i you're not going to fail uh, we'll, we'll make it right and, and then you just kind of go into that that's really what got going got me going if you will in the insurance industry um, around just understanding that relationships and, you know, people drive any business. There's no widget that can drive business. People come up with those ideas. And uh, just really connecting with people on a deeper level than just j- just the business piece of it.
1: What is so. the, uh, like, I know you mentioned, who was that guy who said that, like, took you under wing and said you, you're you not going to fail? What yeah, Scott, Har- like? Scott Hardner. Okay, so, like, was would you see that guy as, like, a mentor?
2: You know, it's funny. I haven't talked to him in and, fact. And, uh, Probably well, eight, at the time, it was like years. Oh, absolutely. Your point, man. Yeah, I mean, this guy was like, I mean, anything this thing, this guy Scott touched at Cigna turned into gold. And so, you know, he was our national accounts guy. He worked on all the big stuff. And so, I I learned the ropes, if you will, from him. Even though I was I was calling a much smaller stuff, if you will. But he's like, hey, man, do this, this, and this. Uh, he kind of gave me the key, if you will. Right? Yeah. Remember in college, and someone give you the key, and you're like, oh, this is awesome, right? And so it's literally just about me following that and then making my own. And he said, dude, he's like, you know, you're going to be great because, you know, you know how to you know talk to people and, you know, to ask questions and all that kind of stuff. But he's like, from a technical standpoint, do this, this and this, and you'll be just fine. And uh, so, anyways, yeah, that's kind of what got it started. And then I started to have success. And well, well, people started to wrap their to arms that, around me.
1: That's kind of what I want to point out is, like, I feel like mentorship is so important. Oh. <laughs> I mean, just having someone that's there for you as a point of reference that's, like, five or ten years ahead of you. And Andrew and I spend a lot of time with, like, 30-year-olds and older. And those are a lot of that. that's, like, a lot of the age range of the people on this podcast. And it's amazing the kind of stuff they tell you because it's stuff that Andrew and I are, like, never even – like, it wouldn't go through our heads if they weren't there. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that, that having, like – seriously, that point of reference and those kind of people that you can go to when you need – when you do them is life changing. Yeah,
0: it's huge. One thing that I thought was like some—I don't know who said it or like what was the reason behind it—but it was like the idea of having people in your life that you want to become, people that are in your life that are just like you. And Ty t- Lopez. Ty Lopez. Is that is let. that quoted from him? Yeah, it's my okay. why
1: gotcha it's, it's let you want to learn experience and teach every day you want to have five to ten people fi- uh, people five to ten years older than you that you want to learn from you want to have people that you're around you that you love in your life that you want to experience with and you want to teach the younger generation the people that are younger than you three to five years mm-hmm. that's what ty
0: lopez says but i i freaking that is love like, that
1: that's yeah. what i that's my life that's let, my life that's i'm gonna remember that mm-hmm. yeah and, I love it. it's it. on my linkedin
0: yeah and that's one of the things that we've been able to really, uh, niche down in with what the core principles of the back pocket are. I mean, we mm-hmm. have people like yourself on, on Monday, and we have the ability to truly appreciate those five to 10 years I never down the road. thought of that. And then on, t- <laughs> on Tuesday, we bring people in that are just like us, that are just trying to become that next step. They're really fighting for what it is to find their passion or they're in their passion. They're trying to generate revenue or something along those lines and make it, st- uh, have some stability and in, in inside their passion and hopefully, the whole concept and the product that we're putting out there is teaching the younger generation to to, to gather and uh, and to push forward. Um, that was just a Damn. tangent that I had because of the, the the cross conversation that you guys were having. And um, it, it, it's really cool just to you know sit here and listen to that story of that trials and tribulations and continue to move forward. And you found your way into ins- to insurance in, in a path that kind of was like you you could see the insurance game coming but in reality you didn't know when it was going to hit but you just continue to plug forward um so now you're let's let's get let's harp this kind of um time period you're inside insurance and you're again you find yourself low man on a totem pole but you're kind of seeing that growth what was this time period like you're using mentors around you um and do you have any advice for people in those situations right now
2: yeah, I, th- I think the biggest thing is to just continue to be inquisitive. I said that earlier, right? Ask questions. Um, I, the other thing, too, is I had a motivation because I, I, you know, in my mind, I had felt that I had failed around golf, okay? And so when I got to, I, when I got to Cigna, I had like this, this motivation of, you know what, I'm not going to fail again. I'm going to be great, right? I was very young and dumb and naive to think that I'm going to be great on my own, And so it was super refreshing. It was what I needed the day that I walked in Had to have some gentleman like Scott say, hey, dude, I got you, right? You're going to be fine. But then to trust in the people around me that, you know what, I'm good at what I do and you're really good at what you do and let's go do this together. That's when I started to truly understand and identify that team was important. Because it's golf, right? There was only one person I could point the finger at every day. It was myself. Well, in life, when you look back in life, there's only one person you can point the finger at for not bringing more people into your life. Right. So, so you take that kind of aspect. I started to learn these things at Cigna around how important it was to trust in the team, to bring the team, to do all those kinds of things. You know, so when I win rookie of the year at Cigna and I'm whatever, sitting next to the CEO, David Cordani, and they're sitting here shining the spotty light at me. I wanted to shine the spiny light on the team of people that helped me get to where I'm at. And, and that was the first time it literally hit home to me. Cause like, no, this is not about me. This is literally about all the other people. And so, so again, I was starting to challenge. There was two things working there, right? I, I'm trying to be the best that I can be, but at the same time, recognizing that I can't be the best person that I can be without the team of people behind me. And so I know it sounds super cliche, but literally Like there is no I in team like and that's a real thing. But back to the basics, we have to embrace the team sooner than later. And the longer that you push off, you know, you talk about giving to younger people, giving to people my age, giving to people that are older me. The sooner that they can understand that there is no I in team, the faster that everyone's going to be successful,
1: period. We like to talk about how collaboration is the new competition. It is. Like If you want to cl- I mean, it's not like climb the corporate ladder, but if you want to, you know, accelerate yourself and, you know, what you're spending eight to 10 hours a day doing mm-hmm. and you love it, start looking at what, start finding ways, start looking at ways to collaborate and start looking at ways to, you know, join that team, buy into that culture. I'm fed up with networking events and by no means is that a controversial thing to say at all, but you know, I'm, I'm going on a limb here and I'm trying to say that all I want to do is
0: enjoy some beer and have some conversations. Is that too much to ask? Well, Dak, you could have said that a little bit better, but what he's trying to say is some of the best conversations and more importantly, collaborations. That's what Lincoln drink is all about. Have those conversations with local hustlers, entrepreneurs, creatives, and people right here in the twin Cities sandbox.
1: Yes, and this will be the fourth of its kind. It's still in its nascency. Nasency. But boy is it growing. We're stoked to have you. Remember this time and place. We'll give you some time. Grab some pen and paper. Write this down in your notes right now. Remember this.
0: May eighth at Finnegan's Bruco. That's May eighth at Finnegan's Bruco.
1: Um, what would you say to like or how do you handle the people I, let me go this way so you're in insurance and mm-hmm. i'm not in insurance but i kind of have an idea through talking with you prior that there is like an age gap between you know the higher ups in the big in insurance with the baby boomers and everything and then there's the young scrappy guys like us 22 25 to 25 entering in the insurance industry so there's like a serious gap between age do you see an issue at times um, or have have trouble building
2: that team with such a difference in age? Oh yeah, I mean, it, it's it's our number one challenge for sure. Because I think what happens is senior leadership they don't trust in the younger generation. Unfortunately, I hear it all too often. They just right?
1: don't listen to this podcast enough, and that's a shame.
2: I Agree, I agree. We need it. <laughs> I agree.
0: Start at, every morning with uh, with a little with back ten, po- ten minutes of the back pocket. We'll yeah. actually just send you the best stuff, and and you can just exactly. start it off. Yeah,
1: I'll just show you my LinkedIn, and that's usually good content. And and that's you're rocket at that point in time. And it's yeah. not because it's my LinkedIn, but I think it would provide a lot of value <laughs> to your team. Like if if you can incorporate or want to incorporate back pocket anyway in your team meetings. You know, yeah, talk to us, but also, you know, talk to Jack Burke because you're working with him. <laughs> I would love that. Yeah. Um, Imagine if Jack Burke just came out of nowhere, just throwing back pocket hot takes at a city. <laughs> hey, I'd be good with that. I have no <laughs> problem. <laughs> All right. Just throwing ideas on the table. Jeff. That's right. That's right.
2: No, I, I, I think honestly, it's, it's unfortunately they absolutely put younger people in a box. And it drives me effing crazy because <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now. The future of our business is not with the senior leaders that we have. The future of the business is with people that are, I don't, I, age is not an issue. It's about people that are willing and wanting to go get it and to make a difference. And so, you know, for me, I, I'm, I'm absolutely thinking outside the box with the people that we're bringing in the organization and challenging our senior leadership every day to say, what are they going to bring Not just from a revenue standpoint. I'm so sick of people talking about dollars and cents of what they bring to the company. People will bring dollars and cents. So let's go get the right people that think differently, that are going to challenge us every day. They're going to try to be better, and and they're going to help everybody around them be better. So, you know, I am trying things within our organization. For example, you know, I just, you know, recently promoted you know the youngest producer which is our you know equivalent to a salesperson in the entire organization now sits in minneapolis st paul why do we do that well one because you know this person she can do it she can deliver all day every day and if for me and for us to say nope they got to have 20 years of experience to be in this business to be in a sales role that is absolute bs it's absolute bs so again we're trying to create a box that doesn't need to be there. And so to you know answer your question around the gap that's there, we as leaders need to trust in the people and the talents that are set in front of us and absolutely promote it. Give them an opportunity to succeed. And it's on us, back to your L-E-T, right? Like it, that's what I love every day is going to train and teach and be a part of that and just care. Like literally just care about What these, you know, I'm going to say the younger people, if we want to call it that, I'm not going to say millennial, like give them a passion, give them an idea, let them know that they can do it and absolutely support them with hundred percent confidence that they can, knowing that we need to teach them and train them that there's going to be roadblocks coming up, but I'm there to break those things down for you. I said it earlier, right? It's my responsibility to break down people or break down barriers for people to be successful because then I'm successful, right? So... The gap that we have, we've created the gap because we think that you have to have 20 years in the, of experience in this business. It's BS. It's absolutely BS, right? If you're inquisitive, you're willing to bring the team with you, you will be successful all day long, period.
0: That's freaking awesome.
1: So. <laughs> That's amazing.
0: And then through all of this, um, your your leadership role right now with Aon and... Um, trying to build and um, connect this these two um, hierarchies, I guess one could call it. What is your average quality? And <laughs> this is a question we love to ask. We ask it every single podcast. Uh, and it's something you do well at times and other times not so well. At the end of the day, it's your average quality. So, Ross, what would be your average quality?
2: Yeah, so I'm going to say there's two things. Uh, it's organizational skills. I'm all over the place. The people that work very closely uh, next to me, they know it. Um, I get distracted, right? It's like squirrel, right? I'm jumping all over the place, but it's because I'm so passionate about whatever may be going on at that moment in time. And so I get off track very quickly, very quickly, because again, I don't ever want to put a time on somebody. I don't want to ever make sure that my calendar is driving the day. Um, I need to be, um, you know, if I'm going to, you know, speak about, hey, it's about your, you know, you being successful and all those types of things, then I got to allow that to happen. But at the same time, in my role, I've got to be a little bit more organized than I'm in. So I'm, I'm just a terrible organization. And then a side note is numbers. Like I, I'm driving, you know, a big revenue sales goal. I honestly, I should probably care about the number more than I do. Um, but you know what? If we do the right things and the right people are involved, then we're going to hit that number. But yeah, I could probably be a lot better that <laughs> so your, uh, your average
1: quality is not caring or not stressing out about the numbers right Nah. do you have people in the office that care that's little, their job. care a little bit about numbers yeah
2: yeah there's probably a couple of the people that's all
1: <laughs> i need right yeah you have like at least one or two people caring yeah caring about numbers
2: yeah but at the same time i mean i'll, I'll, I'll equate that to if, if if i don't hit those numbers i'm out of a job Sure. right but i don't think about the job i think about what's doing what's right Call it arrogance, call it whatever you want. It's about doing what's right for the people around us to help them be successful. It's have you ever simple. had
1: a? This might be a tough question. Have you ever had a time where doing what's right conflicted with getting the right, getting the numbers, or
2: meeting that goal? Oh, absolutely. Happened to me a couple weeks ago. Mm. One of our up-and-coming producers, had a, he had a great year last year. He's absolutely doing what, everything that's right, right? If, if I were to say, hey, as in, in your role to go drive Aon and to drive this business, do this, this, and this. He did this, this, and this. Had a great outcome. And then we come in as a corporate level and say, mm, can't do that. I went ballistic. <laughs> Probably to a, to, a, to a fault, like in, in a bad way, um, because I'm so protective of people that do the right thing. And so, yeah, I mean, it was a huge conflict. And so now we're two weeks removed from that. And then even today I get somebody to say, well, it just is what it is. I'm not okay with that. Like that's one of my biggest challenges is to sit on my hands. You didn't hire me to sit on my hands. You hired me to challenge and to grow this organization. So if you're going to do, and this is where I struggle with big corporate America, like We've got to, as corporate America, start letting people do what they're really good at and stop letting the numbers, because that's what happened here. The numbers drived an action which led to something else, and I don't need to get into the whole thing. But now we're telling somebody that's done the right thing, eh, you did the wrong thing. Because it doesn't necessarily fit in that box. Yeah, it drives me crazy. It drives me crazy. So here's here's a person and a gentleman that, you know, he handled it with maturity, but I got to tell you, I didn't because that's not okay. You're doing the right thing and you're being punished for it. I got no time for that. This world is too hard, <laughs> especially our world, right? In yeah. the insurance industry, it's super competitive right now. And so at the same point, it's like we as, as leaders coach people up to do the right things and then we tell them to do the right things and then we're going to come back behind them and say, oh, you can't do that. That's, that's something that happened recently, so I'm pretty passionate about it. Um, but that's, that doesn't work for me because then I lose all credibility right right as a mm-hmm. leader so man,
0: I well, just, well we're not numbers majors we never we, we didn't major in numbers. so we no. can we just throw those out the window and just say hey we're just going to record a podcast and see what happens yeah we're going <laughs> to so, use our we're going to use yeah. our our words <laughs> i love it <laughs> hey you can control your words yeah, we, yeah <laughs> exactly
2: yeah, i think
1: oh man that it i don't I don't want to bash corporate america because that is what a lot of this nation's built on for sure but ever since i graduated everything that I've seen or appreciated and have like just what I'm super passionate about has everything to do. That's not with corporate America. Yeah. And it's hard to find like the great things of corporate America. So I just want, I really wanted to unpack like what can we do? Because if you take corporate America out, then 80% of kids out of college aren't getting jobs. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's not feasible to just be like, ah, oh, fuck corporate America. Right. No, mm-hmm. it's, it's what can we do now to, to make corporate America workable, feasible, enjoyable for all these people coming in? Because that's probably, I mean, I don't want to boil it down for you, but is that like, that's what you have to do in order to bridge that gap and continue insurance, like the insurance
2: industry and promote it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, let me be very clear. I mean, corporate America, right? We have a need for that. But what we're finding right now is the big corporate America, you know, let's just talk the Fortune 100 companies that are starting to excel, they're allowing the next generation to drive the company, mm. right? Versus sticking to what we've done for the last 25 years to be successful, to have a 5% growth in our stock price, it doesn't matter anymore, right? We, it, the every day that goes by in the corporate America world, like it, it just goes so much faster than it did over the last 25 years. Yes. And so we need to evolve, we need to innovate, we need to trust, we need to challenge, we need to do everything that we possibly can do to absolutely set the growth meter on fire, if you will. Um, but the ones, the big, the big corporations that get it, they empower people and truly empower people versus, and I'm not saying I work for a corporate, you know, for for a company that doesn't empower people. I just think you take the industry, right? We're still stuck in the 1980s, you know, in the insurance industry. And then you take some of these old time thoughts, right? Because again, we're in a, we're in, a, I'm going to call it a baby boomer led firm, Right, they're close to retirement, so their passion and energy to innovate, accelerate, challenge—it just might not be there like it used to be. And that's no shame on them. They they've earned their stripes, but it's now time to trust in the next generation and let them do it. Let them do it. And too often, right? I mean, I walk into every leadership I walk in meeting. I walk into. I'm the youngest by far, and. That's, that's not a humble brag. That's nothing. It's it's just other than, Hey, I'm here to challenge. I'm here for a reason. If you want me to be like what you're doing today, you've hired the wrong person. Yeah. You're the walking challenge. Let's go. Let's, I, I will challenge you every day. Yeah. It's freaking awesome. <laughs> but there's a long road ahead there. Yeah. And it's, it's patience. And trust me, sometimes I struggle with it before I walked in here, I was dealing with a conversation that, you know test my patience on how long can i stick it out but i also know this because of the huge gap that you mentioned earlier in our industry the opportunity is massive it is massive and so if you just hunker down if you trust and you keep doing the right things the sky's the limit
1: and that's why i love where you're at like you are the walking challenge you're kind of the that glue piece that bridge piece between you know the the baby boomers and then you know, the young scrappy guys like us. So you really understand both sides of that story and you're very, you're a very finite, you're in a very finite position. Mm-hmm. And you have a lot of, a lot, probably a lot more power than you realize.
2: Mm-hmm. And that's pretty awesome, man. Stoked yeah. For yeah. You. For me, it's not power, right? I mean, it's, it's more about perspective. Sorry. No, no, no. No, that, that's a fair comment, but it's about, it allows me to let more people kind of taste it, if you will. Yeah. Right. Gotcha. Which I think is super important. Super important. <clears throat> Because it, because once we all know, right? Once you taste that success, just a little bit of it, right? You're gonna be like, oh, I want, I want more of that. I want more of that, and it's addictive. And that's how I've got to where I'm at, right? Because right. I've just continued to taste it a little bit, and I keep seeing the inside, and I always like to see what's underneath out of the car, mm-hmm. and so I'm always just kind of challenging the next. And and you know, I've changed companies probably more than I would like to, but at the same time, every time I was getting, you know, an ability to impact more people, and that was that that was the meaning and the drive for me.
0: Right on, and, and, and so you're seeing what's underneath the hood of the car, and you're moving forward, and throughout this whole time, what is in your back pocket to continue to push forward? And you might have already mentioned this already, and we frame it in a way when stress or when pressure becomes stress and anxiety is rising, and you need something in your back pocket to overcome this. This is a habit, and emotion, or something that you rely on to
2: overcome these type of moments. So, Ross, what's in your back pocket? It's just my passion for people. I got it every day. Um, you know, I've been through a lot of struggles in my life, continue to still go through them. Um, but at the same time I wake up every day knowing that the seven minute car ride that I have to the office, um, I can either let whatever that I'm dealing with in my own life, um, either impact that in a positive or negative way. And I know that the second that I get out of my car, it's not about having a smile on my face. It's about bringing passion and energy to the people around me. And that's it. That is it. Because people thrive on that of other people. Right. So what's always in my back pocket every single day is my passion for people. Dang! how'd you just, how'd you build that? Did you come out of the womb just passionate? Uh, No, I got that from great people around me. There you go. Um, And, and, and most, most specifically, if I had one mentor in my life, um, you know, my father, um, he's, he's in Minneapolis, he's in the same industry, Um, For people that, you know, it's, it's that big smile. It's that big teddy bear hug. It's that, you know what? I care, right? My dad's always had that. He's made a hell of a lot of mistakes in his life. But guess what? People know that he cares and people know that he's got passion about that, that individual person at that moment in time. Right. And that's what I focus on every day is to really hone in on the conversation that I'm having at that moment in time. And too often I get distracted. I'm, this is the number one thing I'm working on right now is to truly try to hone in with anybody that I'm talking to hone in and don't let, Oh, I got to go. I'm in a hurry. I got to make a phone call, whatever, hone in and truly hear that whole conversation out.
1: And that's not easy to do with, phones and technology and just the distractions the amount of notifications that you're getting on your phone at all times rarely do you ever have the opportunity sometimes to just hone in and listen and i struggle with that all the time because there's just always so much going on around you and i don't know it's just it, i that's why i love having these these conversations on the podcast because there are no distractions we choose to not look at our phone for an hour and we choose to unpack someone's story we choose to have a conversation at eight o'clock at night on a Tuesday you know like that that is honestly one of my favorite things that we get to do every day and I was thinking about this at um right before I was going into work and I was like man I I don't know what I want to do with my life just straight up do not know, but what I know, like what I want to do or how I envision success is just doing something that I love that can provide not only for myself, but the people around me that I love. What is that going to be? Is that going to be talking into a mic? Maybe. Is that going to be, you know, on a ranch, decky ranch, ever, you know, just herding cows, maybe, you know, but who knows? Right. And I think that's just, you,
0: you've brought that out to me today and I appreciate that. Mm Mm-hmm. Fire me up, Deck. All right, hey, we choose to do this podcast, and we choose to finish this podcast with a game. Game. Game alert. Game. 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 Oh, so we didn't, send, we didn't send you this game, and I just thought of this game on the spot. Deck, deck hasn't heard this game yet. Go, no, we have, I'm ready. I have, I'm ready. I'm ready. Oh, he's heard it. He's heard it. All right. Game alert. Um, ga- game? <laughs> game. 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 Uh, so this game is, I, I don't know the title. We could workshop the title, but it's more like we see a problem. <laughs> we're going to find that we have the solution, right? There's a problem. We have the solution. I don't even know if it's a problem, but we're gonna just throw some back, ideas at back. You. Pocket okay, problem yeah. solvers. Okay, so, you, so yeah, uh, the consultants, the uh the other problem yeah. consultants, ideas guys. We're ideas guys. Yeah. So we know that uh, you're not a big. You're, you don't like socks. You don't. You <laughs> oh. don't like wearing. <laughs> no, no, I can you don't. Get, yeah, can You get yeah, the don't. camera on his his toms yeah. down. No, here? he looks great in those. Yo,
1: best thing I've ever
2: seen. Okay. Yeah, but you can smell from there, so I apologize. Okay, no, no it's all know. good. Sorry. Sorry. So
0: we have some ideas to play that you could play around with to spark um maybe not socks but other ways to maneuver away without having to wear socks we have we have ideas yeah i got one that you 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 won't you you'll continue not to have to wear socks and these will be your your reasons not excuses your reasons <laughs> okay, okay. And maybe
1: also like help other people um because you know you're trying to build this team you're trying to build like this corporation uh of just great people that are throwing challenges out there yep. one way to do it hawaiian fridays uh, just wearing, just wearing, no socks and some sandals and some Hawaiian shirts on Fridays, and it's gonna happen when it's like sixty nine degrees on a Friday in the middle of June. What do you think about that? And you <laughs> you, you can institute that, right?
2: No, I, I absolutely I love it. Okay, and then when your
1: clients walk in, you're like, why is everyone wearing a Hawaiian shirt? And it's like because it's, it's a Hawaiian, Hawaiian Fridays. Friday.
2: There you go. I, you guys are on to something. Seriously. Yep. Yeah. Right. Next, I absolutely hate socks. Yeah, so. you,
0: you hate socks. <laughs> my next uh, my next reason for you not to have to wear socks is you just you show up to work barefoot mm-hmm. and you say, I'm on the golf course. I'm mm-hmm. feeling out the greens. Mm-hmm. And that's the way I get mm-hmm. worked on. Well, yeah.
2: No, I, I like that. I mean, you're a better putter when you feel out the greens.
0: Exactly. You can feel the undulation. For you're, sure. It's, it's, it's Masters week. Or this mm-hmm. podcast will be released on the Monday after the pot, after the Masters. So we just got to witness the, uh, the most undulation on a course that you can imagine. And you got to feel that out with your feet. I, there I you agree. Go. You feel better. You're on the course.
2: That. You're at work. You're on the course. I agree. Yeah. So, so I, if I can add, I mean, one of the biggest reasons why I don't wear socks and I started not wearing socks in college. I mean, we can all be in that place where we had to do laundry and all that kind of stuff. I never had the matching sock. Mm. Right. And I'm just Classic. enough of a clothes freak that I can't wear two different socks. So right. I just say hell with it. Bag right. It. My, my ankles look the same
0: right <laughs> I to... give me the so hybrid out of the rough
2: exactly yeah exactly so, yeah anyways.
1: first thing i'm spending uh some tax returns are coming up here that's and, a good day yeah great day what i'm going to spend my tax returns on this might be in addition to our game that we're already having but i'm going to spend money on some new socks okay uh because i'm the same way i have no matching pairs of socks <laughs> so i'm throwing them all out okay just getting all rid of all of them and then I'm gonna so let
2: so draw... me challenge you oh okay. why would you spend that money on those socks because then you can dude, look because, like me, dude. Because you can look like this, and because you run donuts. a podcast
1: where my, this sock has the the same amount of screen time as me. <laughs> so these socks need to look good. All right? Yeah, yeah. but your shoes could look better. Mm. Yeah, but I'm not wearing <laughs> shoes oh, inside. To, to pivot, pivot right off, off that.
0: Just saying. To pivot right off that, you could wear those webtoed shoes. Don't need socks. You're like, I can't even put socks on. Yeah. In no, you it, can't. You can't even do it. So I like, agree. Those do you, you own well, a pen? No. Okay. no oh, you just so but then you could be like the frog guy. <laughs> True. Yeah.
1: Aren't those like running shoes? Yeah, they don't yeah. have to be. They yeah. could be walking around. You ran to
2: work that day. See, I think, you know, honestly, I should probably ramp this up, right? If I'm not going to wear socks, then I should probably go all out in my shoe game, right? Oh, I mean, cause yeah. I, I'm not you kidding you. You are a sneakerhead. This is embarrassing, but every day somebody makes a comment so that I don't have socks on. And I'm like, why do you care so much about me not wearing socks? Is it a different person every day or it like Karen from HR? <laughs> no. I mean, it's a lot of the same Easy. people.
1: <laughs> Just asking. Yeah, there
2: is Karen from Just HR every now and again. Uh, but at the same time, I, I think, you know, you get it from all over the place. Mm-hmm. And it's weird. I've been, I've been at Aon for almost a year now. And I still have people coming. Oh, you don't have socks on day? Well, I haven't for the last, you know, 285 days. You know? So, anyways, I actually have to talk myself into it when I'm meeting a new you know, prospect or client that yeah. I yeah, I should probably wear socks this time. Mm. Right? But it's hard. They bunch up, they sweat. I mean, it's terrible. I hate them. I hate them so. Okay. How many
1: like shoes do you run through then? Well, because yeah, you got to know your Yeah, we won't head. we won't talk about
0: that. Sneaker but. head, favorite pair of shoes.
2: Ooh, Allen Edmonds. Nice. Alan yeah. Edmonds. And I love I a loafer.
0: Down. I love a loafer. A good loafer. I don't have any. Can I Did I
2: hate tying, so so again, what? it's it's a laziness factor too. Right? Okay. I mean, I hate bending over and tying my shoes maybe because I can't. I'm too inflexible. But at the same time, like, you know, when you think about some of these I'm not comparing myself to the top leaders, but they literally wear the same thing every day. You know why? Because they don't have to think about it. I think about it, Yeah, I lay out my clothes in the, at yeah, night. So well, I, don't well, I wouldn't tell many morning. people that, but no, I'm too. I do the same. Yeah, <laughs> you got well when you yeah when you wake up
0: like Jack Burke Deck and I have at 5:30 to go work out. You got that's lay out intense. Your clothes. I you. Be ready? You'll be hey, ready to, to win the day. Yeah, you
2: know? it's very true. Very true. Hey, make it easy. Right, take all the questioning out of your life. Yeah, and so just put slip on shoes on. Yep. Don't think about the socks. Don't think about what's going to match. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I like Anyways. that. Okay. You got any other ideas? No, that was, I had two. Okay.
1: Yeah. Do you have those? Any... Are good ideas though. Yeah, I th- like Hawaiian. Hawaiian. Can you guys actually do that?
2: No, we can't wear flip flops. Oh, you can't. Who said? I... Hey, we could try it. Well, I'll let you know how it goes. Okay. okay. If, if, if
1: if you need me, if you need to use me as tribute, and I walk in on <laughs> on Friday, my Hawaiian shirt on, and everyone's like, <laughs> my, well, "Who and is and this guy?" And, and sand- all and sandals, my sandals on, or maybe just no no shoes, no sandals because I don't have any, but. If no, all three no of you shoes. guys. I think
2: it would be fine. Yeah.
0: Well, right? I we like to think no shoes, no
2: shirt, shirt. No, no dice. dice. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Where's
0: that too? Fast Times at
1: Richmond High. For those who haven't seen that movie, I was but Kenny Chesney there for. If, if I'm yeah, sure, we could do. Yeah, we could do the barefoot tour or whatever you guys are going to a Wee Fest nowadays. But ooh, I, another take. But here's here's what I'm saying. If if I show up, if I just happen one day on Friday, 69 degrees out, and I'm walking in. Pass Karen from HR with my Hawaiian shirt, explosive Hawaiian shirt, and like some nice cargo shorts. I would love for the three of you guys to like welcome me in and then maybe be like, what the, and then talk shit about me when I'm gone. Be like, well, Who is that guy? And then one of you guys runs in and be like, hey, we should do Hawaiian Fridays. That was like a great idea. It's really nice outside.
2: I love it. Very natural. And we're coming closer to those days. I mean, we're so we are might our. as well capitalize.
0: Exactly, and we're in more potential prospects. I've heard. So. Yeah, we we are. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. Totally agree. And, and we don't, don't have no have n- numbers, guys. We don't have insurance. <laughs> we don't have, dude. Yeah. <laughs> here we go.
1: Wow. So this <laughs> is a whole go. other <laughs> podcast. <laughs> hold on. Wait, yeah. yeah. Wait. We That's, do. We do. Hold on. We do. Hold on, hold on Allegedly. Hold on. Here's, Here's the deal. The stairs I
2: walked up to get into this, you know, crib. Yeah. I mean, dangerous. 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 If I fall, slip, trip, and fall, we got a problem.
1: We do. Did you know that, like Andrew Splain?
2: Could rupture at any moment. What? Why are we dancing with the devil? Uh, no, it's healed, allegedly. Oh, well, I didn't know. Not go with allegedly. I didn't know. Well, yeah, we do a
0: lot of things allegedly. Allegedly, we don't have. And we, we don't do. A we lot have, of have business insurance. Uh, but you
1: don't. No, no. I'll say that we did our taxes <laughs> this year. Yeah. <laughs> and the we IRS didn't you know So said? why don't you have your return, no, no, return yet?
0: We're, we're we're expecting great returns.
1: We're expecting. Actually, so we have no returns this year. <laughs> You don't have to pay anything. I said, congrats. You don't have to owe anything. I said, all right. It, that's, a all that's, that's a win. That's a success. It's a very yeah. big win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we we're had, moving in the right direction. Yeah, we had a party uh, one time and had a bunch of <laughs> chiropractor students come over. And they came up literally in the studio. And one of them's like, hey, you guys want to practice snapping necks? And we're like. And we just screamed, we don't, know, know,
0: we don't, don't know, have insurance <laughs> allegedly. allegedly.
1: Yeah, that's what we said. Yeah. And they still snapped the necks. And we and they, they learned some stuff. Allegedly. And it was all good. Yeah, it was uh, all great. Yeah. It was a yeah. challenge. It was like,
2: awesome. Hey, there's a, there's a time and place for no insurance. Exactly. And
0: going right <laughs> off that. I'm only going to quote that for our whole podcast. <laughs> <laughs> there's a time and place for insurance. For no insurance. For no insurance. Oh, damn um going right off that the challenge aspect uh we like good transition we like to challenge ourselves here on the back pocket podcast to expand our horizons to tap into new guests that we didn't think were possible Mm -hmm. ross we were curious if you have anyone that you think we should challenge ourselves with to get on our show tim
2: heron tim heron lumpy Guy's got the best stories of all time. Okay. What's it? Can we unpack unpack it? Tim uh, Aaron or Tim Heron? Tim Heron. Heron. He's on the PJ Tour still today. They call him Lumpy, uh, but he's a local guy from Wyzetta. Oh, really? And he's like born and raised in Minnesota. And it's just as good a guy as they come. And uh, yeah, you should have him on here. He would freaking love it. And you would get some great stories. I mean, this guy's taking down Tiger. Really? Oh, yeah. Nice. So, Timmy Heron. we know some people we should get you into timmy Aaron. lumpy Uh, but yeah
0: all right perfect and then now we've hounded you for questions for almost an hour (laughs) we love to give the opportunity to the guest of the balls in your court do you have any questions for us
2: yeah i i I think the the biggest question is what's your what's your goal with the back pocket right what are you guys trying to accomplish every time you got somebody on here Mm -hmm.
0: i think it resolves back to the saying of the month dominate the sandbox sandbox being the twin cities and we've said this time and time again, and it's always evolving to the point of um, really honing and owning this city and knowing that we can get anyone we want on the show. And through that, it's unlocked a lot of avenues that we didn't think were possible, whether it's business opportunities or just really just networking and, and learning and growing as individuals and providing that to people through this this awesome platform.
1: Yeah, and I think that's the yeah, it's all about it's all about Twin Cities right now and kind of like Andrew said, like we don't have like a five-year vision and like, oh, this is what the back pocket's going to be five years from now. But if we can keep our heads down, triple down on where we're at now and take advantage of all the great people around us and the great opportunities that we have as young 23 year olds, I think we can figure out some sort of plan and learning from everybody that we have around us on like the best route to go. That's going to take us to where that five-year plan, or we get to look back on this time and be like,
2: Good work, guys. I love it. So I love it. I have to tell you guys, I mean, and I mean, as I don't say this lightly, the inspiration that you guys are to not only just me, but all the other people that are following and watching, it's awesome, right? You guys are passionate about what you do. Um, you're delivering, you know, I'll call it a product, if you will, that is, that's real. I think the biggest thing and my biggest piece of advice for anybody is be real. Because too often we try to think that we need to be somebody else or try to do whatever it may be. But you guys are real, and I appreciate that. I Since the day that I've met you, um, you guys are real with what you're doing, and that will just provide 10 times over what you've ever expected if you continue to hone in on those things and make sure that that's consistent every time. So, again, I applaud you guys. I freaking love it. It's an honor to be here. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, it, it's just for me, it, you know, pinch myself. It's like, why am I here? But at the same time, like, you guys are doing something great and continue to keep just keep it up. It's awesome. So are you, though. Yeah. you're crushing it yeah. mm-hmm. you, we'll be all right yeah. we'll have a lot of fun a lot of fun absolutely so. we're we're all just average guys here we're <laughs> all 100 percent so average, average guys doing great things there you go right
0: yes so um and that kind of concludes us to our final question do you have anything left deck no sweet F- final question simple question what did you learn today from the moment that you woke up to when we're having this conversation
2: oh boy um that every day is a roller coaster I mean, it's, you know, it's interesting. You go through days where you think they're super smooth and, and then, you know, today happened to be one of those days that was just thrown out you know, a lot of different things thrown at me in a lot of different ways. And, uh, you know, again, for me, um, I'm trying to fit both sides of the house when it comes to dealing with, I'm going to call it senior leadership to, you know, creating the future of the office. And, you know, you've, you've got to see two sides of the story. You've got to see those things. So for me today was a learning day, uh, personally. To understand that uh, you know, I've got to continue to learn and listen, and uh, hear people out, and can just just continue to hone in on what people are trying to accomplish, and continue to help you know those people break those barriers down. So again, you know, here I am living these types of things, and today was a real day for that. So it's awesome to kind of sit here and kind of debrief, if you will. Um, Try and create a comfortable this. atmosphere. It's awesome. You- this place is amazing. So you guys have done you, you're doing something great. So
0: well, Ross, the walking challenge. Thank you so much for joining us on the Back Pocket Podcast. We appreciate
2: your time. Hey, thank y'all.
1: She can never pay, someone else
0: to say, what she's trying to get across to you. She's a star, gazer, you can see the look in her eye. She's a dream,
1: chaser, she's made up her mind,
2: made up her mind, just watch her now.